This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pirates Podcast. Later, this is your brother, one of your hosts. I am alongside and an honor to be the president. Of the North Shore Nine Beat Writer of the Year, dun 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 dun. Alex Stump. And yes, that is a hundred percent Rocky. Doing a little victory music. Doing a little victory music to celebrate my my fanboy award from the North Shore Nine. How does it feel, Alex? How does that feel? Oh man, I. I, I'm on the top of the world right now to know that I don't have to go the rest of my life that, you know, knowing that I lost the most prestigious journalism award that you could win in the city. I mean, it, it means a lot. It means a lot. It was, it was the best thing that happened to me on Thursday. And I, I slayed the beast on Thursday and published that player development story, which people from a couple episodes ago would hear me you know, talk about, you know, like, oh yeah, it's coming out next week. You fool, you fool, Alex, from three weeks ago. It takes a while. You could get a few more interviews. It takes a while to transcribe, write it up, but there it is. It came out on Thursday. Big piece about the Pirates player development. It's out there for the world. And I got to tell you, that's a weight off my shoulders. I'll be honest with you, man. That took, that took a long time to come together. Right. And Alex, you know, it's funny because you see the finished product all the time on the site, uh, any site, really, no matter what what we're writing about. And you don't really know what kind of goes into it, because, you know, when you're covering the, the Pirates farm system, you've got people in Florida, you've got people in North Carolina. Right now, you've got people in Arizona, you've got Indiana, you've got Pennsylvania, you've got Pittsburgh, you've got Altoona. There are so many different moving pieces when you're trying to put together a story like this. And when you have guys from all over the place, it is really hard to coordinate. And you're, it's not like we have the ability to jet set and go to Bradenton and get some interviews and go to Greensboro and set up interviews. No, it, it doesn't work that way. But technology has definitely helped. And when you start to put those things together, Alex has been talking about this he and I have been talking about this for months and, and how this was going to kind of happen and, and it evolved. And, and finally we get to see the finished product today and it was worth the wait 100%. Yeah. I mean, not, not to date anything like the first interviews 
that I, well, except for the ones that I cite from, you know, a while ago, like it first started coming together in, it was still August at the time. So it, it is a long thing, but nobody wants to hear about the labor pains. They want to see the baby. And I'm, I'm glad the baby turned out, at least in my opinion, I'm proud of how that turned out. So if you're just tuning in, Alex has had a baby and Alex has won beat writer of the year, uh, fanboy award from North shore nine. So I yes. don't know how we can even get any better on this podcast, but let's let's go a little bit deeper into the Pirates farm system because Alex and I have been covering it for, for quite some time, uh, both for DK Pittsburgh Sports and elsewhere. And, you know, we've seen both regimes and they couldn't be any polar opposite uh, when it comes to on the field stuff and, and behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's what really struck me doing those interviews, talking to John Baker, talking to Josh Hopper. And I hope this came across in my writing is the genuineness, like true genuineness. I, I felt talking to these guys and you know what, five years from now we could say, well, that was just a horrible, horrible decision. What they're going, what were they thinking hiring these guys? I don't think it's going to be that, but it's, it's a possibility that, you know, this could all just be a terrible gambit, but if it is, they'd be wrong for the right reasons, if that makes sense. Like what they are doing, especially with relationships, I really enjoyed talking to Josh Hopper in particular, like him talking about the five minute, you know, experiments. And I feel like that's something that you could use if you're a teacher, something you could use for a whole lot of just, you know, personal growth. Like if you could do it for five minutes, see if it doesn't kill you. See if you could do it for 10. See if you could do it for it, it was a very it doesn't have to rely on baseball. And I think that was someone who commented that in the story. He said in the comment section, saying, like, this is, you know, I'm getting stuff here that doesn't just apply to baseball. I could apply it to my life too. And I think that's something that both he and Baker and you know, most of Pirates Development in, in general would like this too. It's it shouldn't just be we're putting you in a lab we're gonna get your spin up even though you know i i would probably find that a little more <laughs> nerdy and intriguing sometimes but we're they're all people i think that sometimes could be lost and they want to emphasize that too the human element is so important in the game of uh, in the game of sports and the game of life too because we we see these people on tv we see these larger than life figures we see and, and baseball i think is probably the, one of the realer sports, I think baseball and hockey, really, I mean, you know, if somebody plays basketball, you know, if somebody plays football, but baseball and, and, and hockey day, hockey, you know, they're, they're a little bit different. They're, you're not bulky. You're not tall. You're, you're just kind of a, an everyday kind of guy. And, and, you know, when you look at the pitching, you, you think, Hey, they're just going out there pumping fastball, fastball, off speed, whatever. But there's so much more to it than just going out there and throwing. It's the psychology of the game. It's really what makes it that much fun. And baseball is, is a lot like life, right? You get to have, as, I mean, if you fail 70% of the time, you're in the Hall of Fame. You're one of the best. If you, and that's if you fail. That's if you fail 70% of the time. Nothing is like that other than life itself. I mean, yeah, obviously you don't want to fail 70% of the time at what you do, but you've got to go through trials and tribulations to get to where you want to go. In baseball, you can relate that to, to any sport, to, to any career. You know, I, as a teacher, it's, it's funny. I use baseball as, um, you know, my go-to number one, because baseball is kind of my thing, but number two, 
it's just so it's so easily relatable because you that's the stuff if you can do it for five minutes if you can do it for 10 minutes that's the thing you have to fail to have success um and i and i'm and that's i think one of the things that the the development uh, staff and the farm system are doing the right way i mean we talked earlier about Joel Hanrahan and Ron Z. Contreras. What do they want to see him do? They want to see him fail. They want to see how people handle adversity. And, and you mentioned in, in your piece about Clint Priester. Mm-hmm. Priester goes out, lays an egg, battles back the next next outing, and voila. It's it's all about overcoming that that adversity. And while you might think it's, okay, it's minor league baseball, it's high A, low A, whatever, it still matters because when you've done it before, it's going to be that much easier if you have to do it again. Yeah. And uh, what Baker said, like, you know, one day, one day there might be a wild card playing game where, you know, do or die, where we all saw the Pirates falter twice in those scenarios. And maybe Quinn Priester is going to be on the mound that day. Maybe he comes through like there because Garrett Cole didn't. Garrett Cole didn't hit this year either for the Yankees. It's you, there's only so much you can take from practice from theoretical situations. There's so only so much you could get from game situations. I think they're doing a good job balancing that. I think whatever Baker says, you know, ramp up practice, not in, oh, you got to run five miles or anything, but it's, we're ramping up the velocity a little more on, on the pitching machine. You know, we're going to be mixing in some more breaking pitches during you know batting practice it's that small stuff it's it definitely registered you know i i put in uh kaden smith and ajiba's quote in that story uh because i realized very close to publishing <laughs> like wait a minute i have absolutely nothing from indianapolis in this story and i feel kind of bad but indianapolis i we've talked about joel hanrahan and john nunnally and you know the, the great work those two do so I, I don't feel too bad but Indianapolis always kind of felt like not part of like what's really going on with the farm system right now that was very much the table scraps left over by Neil Huntington and all the young exciting players were were in Altoona Greensboro Bradenton you know this entire season so I, I put that in there but I but I heard that from a while like you know practice is different around here you know it's it's a little more ramped up it's a little where a lot of other places it's more casual you know just get ready for the game you get your lessons from the game it's like no we're not going to waste hours of the day right we often forget that baseball is a long sport i mean it goes from february all the way to november and obviously that's the major leagues but uh but a lot of times you know that's the goal your goal is to get to the majors and your goal is to get there and stay there and I think if that's not your goal as a minor leaguer, you have to reevaluate your life. But, um, but we forget that like they have a lot of downtime every day, right? They get to the stadium early, get their early work, get their glove work in, whatever they need to do to get ready for the game. But the, the BP aspect, as much as it's great to see O'Neill Cruz just pelt balls into the river, maybe even hit the buildings downtown in Pittsburgh or roller coasters, there's so much more to it. Right. You know, you talk about batting practice and and really getting your swing, getting your a swing, whatever. It's so much more than that. And, you know, I saw that, especially when Michael Ryan was in Altoona, just the different situations that they would go through pregame. 
Um, and then obviously you've got you know, Miguel Perez and, and just, you know, mixing that up. And when you mix that up and you have that ability to really just practice some game situations on a day where most other teams are probably just going through the motions of BP and monotony of the season. Number one, it's going to keep your guys kind of energetic and, and focused because it's not the same mundane task, get to the ballpark treatment, work out whatever you got to do to get ready for the game. No, now it's, Hey, well, we're going to work on this. We're going to work on breaking pitches. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to ramp it up a little bit. We're going to do some situational baseball. And I think that's really where growth happens because it's a long year, you know, and, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how that translates because this year, I think it is kind of the oddity, right? You, you have a year where 2020 people just spent time at this, at the alt site and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't game like situations. It wasn't games every day or six days in a row off day, travel day, whatever it was workouts every day. And, and you can't really replicate what they went through this season. So with that said, you know, now I'm because you did see the war of attrition, I think kind of got caught up to some people at the end of the season, late August, early September, because it is a long year. It's a grind. Um, and that's, that's not uh, something that, that isn't known by them, by everybody, but you know, it, it's very interesting to see that. And I think it's going to pay off down the road. It might not pay off right away, but when they get to those situations, Oh, this is what we did. The body has that muscle memory. Hey, listen, now let's get after it. I think they got a good core here. I think, I think Charrington has done a good job bringing in the right type of people, right? People that are going to follow. There's a vision for all of this, I think is, was my real takeaway from it. And not to say that they were all parroting the same answers because you don't want just a bunch of yes men in it, but I, I, the core being in that relationship, relationships and trust. I, I control F the word trust in that story and how many times it was in a quote compared to how many times I just said it. Like that, that just came up. Uh, a lot and I think that's I think that's something that they needed through all levels Uh, like what Mike Burrow said with you know I think the coaches that were around in 2019 I think that they have more you know room to spread their wings to be themselves there wasn't as much trust in that area less decentralized more decentralized control it's different. It's different. We'll, we'll find out it, down the road how much better or maybe worse it is, but it, it's different. And it's different for the ways that they have been setting out for this entire time. Right. And I mean, we talk about trust and the biggest thing in a relationship is trust, right? That's not just coach player. That's person to person. That's you know, in relationships, no matter what it is, whether it's you're in love with somebody, it's your significant other, whatever, or, or if it's even a, you're a fan, it's your baseball team. You want to be able to trust that other person. They want to trust you back. And when you talk to guys about coaches and they talk about the relationships that they had, like, like especially Mason Martin, he, he raved about John Nunnally. Many have raved about John Nunnally and many have raved about Hanrahan too. So that relationship, that trust, I think, things are working out the way that Ben Charrington wants them to, but now, you know, you've got to see the results in the field and can they get back to the playoffs and and where they want to go? That's the next step. 
we've they've built that trust the relationship they've rebuilt the farm system now it's cultivating that into winning baseball games again and and being that much more competitive as a result of that read the article i don't want to give it all away for free here in podcast form so so read it uh i'm proud of the product that i put out there we're gonna take a break whenever we come back we're gonna shift to maybe the most unexpected development in in postseason baseball i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome back to the podcast to be named later here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's Jared Brugar. I'm Alex Stone. Jared, we all know in the postseason, Major League Baseball likes to break out the, the high bouncers for, you know, just to get some tape measure shot home runs, let everyone see what happens. But we're seeing some more small ball this this time around that we have in the past, especially with stolen bases. Like I, I should have the number actually pulled out, but um, we're recording this on Thursday in night this week. So, cause Jared's got some high school football on Friday. So we're a little off, but at this point, I believe it's 32 stolen bases across the postseason compared to three caught stealings. If it's not exactly those numbers or if they've fluctuated a little since Saturday, it's it's like a 90% success rate with a decent number, decent volume also. So, Jared, I ask of you, are, is the steal coming back? I think so. I mean, let's, let's be real. It, it, it's winner-take-all time, right? Everybody wants to mm-hmm. get that World Series ring, um, and you're going to do whatever it takes. If that means stealing a base and – and moving guys up, you know, play that small ball bunt. You know, I, I know it's the least sexiest thing in baseball, but I'm not know, saying bunt. I'm I'm saying stolen base. There's a difference between the two, Jared. I understand. I will never advocate for the bunt. I will, however. Um, but 
you know, be, be aggressive, man. What's the worst that can happen? You get an out. Okay. Well you got your next guy. You get to, the, you got to this point for a reason, but you know, these teams are putting up some serious runs and, and every run, every out matters. And if you're, I mean, we, they have access to everything at, at this level because now you've got everybody in the organization, you know, looking up this certain data point, it's, you know, pitch time for how long it takes them to deliver the, the ball from any type of movement, um, you know, and, and pop times, you have so much more analytics involved and, and Hey, if, if you can use them the right way and use them the legal way, then, then good on you and, and good luck because make, make them beat you, right. Make them get you out mm-hmm. and make them make plays. And if it pays off, that's great because now you've got a guy in, in, in scoring position, a base hit might score him if it's to the outfield. Stolen base obviously took a hit. That was one of the casualties of Moneyball era thinking because they realized, well, if you're not going to be successful about 75% of the time, 75% is basically the break-even point. It's not really. It fluctuates based on situation. There's a whole difference between – being caught stealing at third for the second out of an inning compared to being caught at second for the first out. We could go into run expectancy matrices and probabilities and all that good stuff. But general rule of thumb is 75% ish is about right. So what (laughs) it, it, they looked around and like, well, we're not stealing 75%. So we're just not going to steal at all. And teams started to follow suit. This this is interesting. I think that we're seeing such a spike in the postseason. And it's resulting in runs. Atlanta won that first game in the NLCS because of a stolen base. Like, when, when was the last time we could say a team won a postseason game or the the winning run, the winning run, I can't talk anymore, <laughs> winning run was a result of that. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's what makes it fun, right? This is every, like I said, every out, every run, every base runner, every base matters at this stage of the game. And mm-hmm. you know what? You have to, listen, no team has won by scoring zero runs. So you got to put yourself in, t- in position to win. And if that means stealing, then so be it. And hey, listen, I kudos to those managers who are, or, or those base runners who have the green light and, and getting it done. Because guess what? That, that aggressiveness, it's going to pay off. And, you know, the law of averages, the more you do something, the more it's probably going to pay off. And we're, what we're seeing, I mean, listen, a Rose Arena, I know the Rays aren't in it right now, but he's still home. When's mm-hmm. the last time you saw that in a game? And especially in, 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 a straight of steal of home. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I, I love the aggressiveness. You know, this is the most exciting time of the year for baseball. And, and you know what? And, and add a little flair for the dramatic with the with the stolen base and, Listen, when you're running, uh, once you get once you get going, the the pressure's on the catcher to get it to the get it to the shortstop or the second baseman, whoever's covering, or even third base, and and it's on them. Make them make, beat you, and if they don't, you're already, you're one step closer, one base closer to scoring a run, and that's that's what you need at this stage of the game. You have to. I mean, it, it's this is going to sound redundant, but you have to score more runs than the other team if you want to get to the World Series, and by any means necessary at this point. So let's apply it to the pirates here. Like I I'm kind of assuming right now, even though we, we won't know until roster decisions are made and that process is still going on. I'm kind of 
penciling in at the moment Cole Tucker being the opening day shortstop, in which case, yeah, throw him into, give him some deal opportunities. Uh, Keep Brian Hayes brought up at the end of this year that, you know, he wanted to, you know, try to incorporate that more in his game. You know, he's got, you know, an above average sprint speed. He could do that too. Uh, Reynolds, obviously it could be someone I could see Reynolds being a 2020 player. If he so chose, if the pirates decided to go down that path, uh, took a Peter McCarno, the, the guy that they got in the Adam Frazier trade will probably be in the major leagues for at least most of next year. Ton of speed candidate there. So uh, there, there are candidates for, I mean, Anthony Alford, as long as he's not running on Tucker Barnhart should be fine. There are candidates that if the pirates want to go through this, that's the way to go. Like Shelton brought up being aggressive on the base paths. But, you know, didn't want to just apply it only to steals. Well, maybe it's time to apply it also to steals. Yeah. More so towards steals. No, and I think it makes sense because, you know, you look at O'Neill Cruz, right? It takes him like three steps to get from first base to second base. Yes. With those long legs. Must be nice. Um, I I will never know what that's like unless I'm on stilts. Um, And and that's the thing, though. Like, you be aggressive. You know, leg out that double. Leg out that single now. Listen, they get rid of Joey Cora, so you're gonna have a new guy at, at third base, right? So mm-hmm. that's gonna, I think it's gonna be, take a little bit of growing because you, you know, you don't really know what what you've got. You got to make the right reads, and depending on who Shelton, you know, tabs as the 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 new third base coach, we might not know that in, uh, until spring training. So listen, go out and be aggressive. If that means trying to stretch a single into a double when the balls hit into the gap uh, into the notch. And so be it, or, or even off the wall on right field, you know, be aggressive, be aware of the situation and, and do whatever you got to do. I mean, you gotta, you gotta put runs on the scoreboard if you want to win. It's that simple. And you do that by advancing bases. And if that means both stealing and being aggressive when the ball's in play, so be it and go do it. And, you know, again, make them beat you, make them get you out. So what we're, what we're saying is the Pirates are going to finish 24th in stolen bases because everyone else is going to value this in the offseason. And Chris Taylor's going to sign a $100 million deal with someone. Be like, hey, we, we've got our 30 steel guy. I don't know. Maybe it's time to make the Herzog Cardinals go through. That, again, going back to John Baker, whenever he was introduced, he kind of wanted to incorporate some more old school ideas, not really in, you know, always in player development, but in, you know, the type of players that they develop, not just three, out, three true outcomes guys. Well, right. Hey, listen, there's, there's a beauty in the, in the, in the unanalytical game of baseball, you know, there's a beauty in, in all of those aspects because listen, up until a certain point, they played the game without those numbers. They, they just saw what you see in the newspaper. Now you have access to literally, Hey, did this guy go to the bathroom at four o'clock? Oh, did he go at six o'clock? Did he eat? When, when did he eat? What did he eat? There's, so there's so much data, but like at the root of it, the game is still the same that was played when Babe Ruth played, you know, it's, it's the, 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 the nuts and bolts, the foundation of the game is still the same. So build on that. And, and guess what? Have some fun. Go out with a blaze of glory. You know, I, I'm just going to close on this thought real fast here. Pirates are only going to be successful swimming upstream. They can't just go with the flow because if they try to be the Yankees 
you know, they're, they're not going to win like the Yankees. It's, it's just not going to happen like that. And as much as we rip on, on Huntington and the steerage and the, you know, pitching down in the zone, three pitches or less sinker heavy approach. It at least was different. Like the heart was in the right place. They just were completely, it was just such an unbelievably bad hand to bet on. <laughs> so that that's all I have on that. I think make the parts, make the 2022 parts, the go-go parts. If nothing else, it would be very entertaining or interesting to watch. Find your identity as a team, uh, both with the lineup and in the field, and go with it. If that means you're an aggressive team, if you're a speedy team, Go with it. If you're, you know, a pitch to contact team because you got some soft tossers, go for it. If you're a power team, embrace it. But stay true to your identity. Don't try to be somebody that you're not. And it might actually work. You know, the, the Pirates teams that were successful in, uh, a couple of years ago, I thought they stayed true to their identity. They were a fun group to watch. And they just, every everybody did their role. They didn't try to step out and, and do their own thing. They stayed true to themselves, stayed true to the role, and stayed true to the team. And it paid off in 98 wins in a John Neese trade. And on John Neese, we are going to take a break. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. podcast be named later you've made it this far i'm sorry i'm sorry you have to put up with alex and i for this long but alas we're here alex what's on your mind uh good win by all of major league baseball hopefully they'll have more concrete details soon about uh, offering or providing housing to to minor league players that's that's long overdue in general, it's embarrassing that Major League Baseball wasn't providing that, but the Washington Wild things were <laughs> for their players. If you're not going to pay them a living wage, this is kind of like the absolute minimum that you can do of, well, we can provide housing. We can, we can provide a way for you to live. Wow. What a what concept. A, what a concept for a bunch of athletes that you were building your lifeblood of your organization around. 
Yeah, and, and, you know, every organization is different, right? The Pirates have chefs for everybody. And, you know, living yes. situation is, is, um, is something that the Pirates really have had no issues with. So this isn't – this isn't – I, I, I don't want to say it's a Pirates organization problem. It's a, it's a minor league baseball as a whole because mm-hmm. these teams aren't paid by their minor league teams. They're paid by the Pirates or paid by their major league team. And, you know – and Altoona uh, specifically, they put them up, you know, Altoona has a Penn State branch campus. So a lot of times during the season, they have many townhouses or apartments open. So Altoona, or the Curve are able to get them discounted rates uh, for that. And they did that with the alt site last year as well for those that weren't in the, uh, that weren't in the hotel. So everywhere, and you see some of the bad horror stories. I think the Orioles were pretty bad uh, with some of their living situations. Um, that minor league advocates page had a, had a Cubs post of the week of just yeah. how horrible they were. Yeah. And, and listen, that, that's, that's the, the shame of it because these guys don't, they make poverty wages essentially. I mean, they, yeah. they may, it, it's brutal. And, and the, the only way that you're going to survive is, you know, obviously finding an off season job, but again, you got to train your goals to get to the majors where if you're bagging groceries at Sam's club or Walmart, you're probably not going to be doing that. Um, but unless you have a, you're a big bonus guy, then yeah. Okay. But you know, so the few pirates, are. right. Exactly. And, and the pirates, I think have done a great job of taking care of their players throughout their system. I mean, they have catered meals. They have, like I said, each team has its own chef nutritionist. They do it the right way. Um, as far as developmental goes. And, and now, now that major league baseball for good, bad, or indifferent is in charge of minor league baseball. Um, they are obviously going to start making the amenities better. Um, and, and that's going to be throughout the stadiums, uh, throughout the entire experiences for, for these guys. And this is a step in the right direction. I mean, the fact that it happened, it had to take an advocacy page and, and, and much, much, much pressure is embarrassing, but at least this is a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, this isn't necessarily a, a dig at the Pirates. It's it's of the league. The Pirates, like you said, do well with the with the food, the nutrition aspect of it. You brought up what they do in Altoona, Bradenton at Pirate City. They have rooms they could just live in, either in spring trading or if you're just in the instructional league or a marauder. There there are options. There are ways to to do that. But this just across all of baseball. Players shouldn't have to sleep in their cars. Players shouldn't have to, you know, have four or five people sharing a, a day's in room to, to make ends meet. This is just good for Major League Baseball, but they better follow through. They actually need to follow through and make this a, a sustainable thing, whether it's they actually build, you know, facilities like they have at Pirate City or what they do at Altuda where they actually have, okay, here's housing right here so i'll i'll end it with that i we need to still see more from the league but it's good to see that they're coming together of this is actually a thing that needs to be done and it, and that it's not attached to the cba that would be so incredibly crappy if that was you know just a bargaining chip for, for all of that right and and that's the thing i mean the, these guys have needed this for years this isn't something that's just started to happen but, you know, again, Major League Baseball's got to step up. And can they step up to the plate? Or are they just going to go down swinging or looking? And I, 
I honestly don't know because I think that was kind of the trepidation when Major League Baseball took over. What was their relationship going to be? They come in and tell all these organizations, hey, listen, this is how it's got to be. Can't have bullpens on the field anymore. Yada, yada, yada. It's got to be padded walls, this, that, and the other thing. Well, these, these teams just got destroyed by COVID. Can they afford it? No. We're going to see what happens. And But, the, again, this is a good step. Um, it, there's still a lot of work to be done. And, and can it be done? Uh, who knows? But, you know, kudos to, to the people in charge that are that have made this happen. Now, Major League Baseball gets to put their money where their mouth is. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you find fine podcasts. Be sure to follow Jared on the Twitter at jprugar26 and to read uh, my long form piece. I, I, I've worked hard on that one. I'm glad. I'm glad I, you know, came through and was well received. If you read <laughs> Alex's piece and it gets a certain amount of views, um, I would say probably let's go with ten thousand. If if it gets ten thousand views, yeah, I, think I will it's a thirteen pay. right now. All right. Well, if it gets to twenty thousand views, okay. Um, I will pay for Alex's next haircut. There we so, go. There so, we go. So please, you know. Obviously, the third the third segment is, is usually a free-for-all. Um, so if you're even listening to this, great. And if not, I'm, I'm so happy for you. Um, but, you know, Alex is sitting here. He looks like he looks like a hipster with he has a beanie on and long hair. I'm, obviously, I'm, I'm clearly jealous. I don't have any hair. Um, I, I just have a little buzz uh, for now, holding on hope uh, as my hairline steadily, steadily goes away. Um, but, again, 20,000 views for Alex's developmental story. Uh, and I'll pay for his haircut and I'll do, I'll get him, you know, I'll get him a good deal and get him something that makes him look a little bit better. Takes the hipster away. Um, no disrespect to hipsters, but you know, Alex is just at, at the root of it, an analytical nerd. So, you know, gotta, gotta respect the nerdiness, um, get him a, get him whatever he needs because Alex deserves it. Like I said, like we talked about in the first segment, the, the amount of time and, and effort and pain and sweat and carpal tunnel that goes into to stories like this um, to see this and, and to see the final product is, is why we do what we do. And <laughs> I Alex, had a buzz cut whenever I started the story and now I have this. That's right. Alex's, Alex's hair has grown six inches since he started writing the story at the beginning of the season um, or just August. But again, we appreciate uh, your, your listening. Uh, please follow us on the social media. Um, I remember when I had more followers than Alex um, salty still about that, but he has reached the big time before I did. Um, I would say read my stuff, but you can find that on the pit page, the Penn state page, some Steelers stuff and some pirate stuff as well. So for Alex dump, this is Jared Prugar. Thanks as always for listening, putting up with our, with our BS. This is the pirates podcast. We named later on the DK Pittsburgh sports podcasting network. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you.